Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Carlene Savage, conflict resolution expert, founder of the Savage Theory of Resolution, oops, <laughs> and your host. And today I'm just fielding questions about brain injury. As you know, my husband suffered a brain injury in 1994. And you may not have known the year, but it was in 1994, November, right before the holidays, made it very special. <laughs> anyway, um, so I just want to field some questions. And keep in mind, in 1994, they didn't have an understanding of brain injury. So a little compassion on the industry itself. He was one of those pioneers where they gathered a lot of study and information. And it wasn't early, it wasn't able to be diagnosed like it is today. Um, it took us years to get it diagnosed. And the reason why that was is because it was done on the job. <clears throat> so they didn't really allow you to go to doctors that would actually help if any of you guys know how to deal with insurances and work comp and those kinds of things, you know, it's the strategy. So we had to wait, wait it out, wait till, but nobody really knew what was happening. I know that our lives completely altered, but to explain that to people, it wasn't possible because they didn't even know what that was. You know, it's kind of like, um, talking about, you know, turmeric, 30 years ago, and a lot of people, most people wouldn't have known what turmeric was, but today we know what it is, and it's used more and more, and it's gaining some notoriety in health benefits and using it to cook and becoming a common thing. So that said, they weren't able to do those things back then, so giving symptoms didn't really help. Back then, they expected brain injuries to be a head broken open, a scar down the middle of your, your forehead. You should have been wetting yourself and drooling, and they kind of put that into a pity class, like you're less than, which we've we've come a long way because now we understand it, along with a lot of other injuries. We understand it, and if you're smart, <laughs> and if you're whole, and if you're, um, you know, equal, you understand it's not a pity class. It's it's just an injury. And it's just something people have to deal with. Uh, you know, you could have loss of a finger, and you're going to have to learn to deal with it. It doesn't put you into a pity class. So that's, you know, that's one of the important things that has happened over these, this time since 1994. And um, so as I explain some of these things, some people might go, well, of course, you know, why don't you, why didn't you know that? Or why didn't you do that? Because <clears throat> we didn't know it in 94. We didn't have it in 94. So as we go along and I answer some of these questions, hopefully that you can keep that in mind. So what type of brain injury does the husband or does, does the husband have? Um, what type of um, brain injury? It was a closed head injury. Um, he was in three car accidents in nine months. So the first car accident um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. Well, the last car accident was a T-bone. It hit him on the left temple. Um, there was, uh, an accident before that, that was in the back. He was rear-ended in the back. And so that is kind of the back of the head with the, the whole whiplash deal. Um, and then another one before that was uh, driving down the 
the 10 freeway in California, a semi was in front and they had a big roll of something like a huge, he said it was a really large, because it's being toted by a semi, right? So it's pretty big. And um, it was like a roll of something. And it just rolled right off the semi and onto the front of his car. And so it tipped him up, if you could imagine, like something pushing down on the front of your car. It tipped him up so he's only on two wheels as he was driving down the freeway. And so those were the three car accidents in nine months. And because they were three separate events, um, it's considered a closed head injury, not because there's three separate events, but because his head never broke open. However, um, over time, we've seen people give examples. And so <clears throat> this is in nine months, this happened. So the first one happened in whatever month, I think it was March, and then something like that. And then three months later, he was in his second accident. And six months after that, he was in his third accident. And that's the one that rattled him. And um, so over time, they've showed the example of what that looks like. And so if you take a tomato and put it in kind of a canning jar, um, put some water in there because you know your mind, your brain has fluid in it. So put some a little bit of water in there and shake it. And when you do that, you can kind of see the effects. And we're talking about a ripe tomato. Um, but you can see the effects of what, it's just kind of a great metaphor or visual for you to see kind of what happens to the mind and to the brain. And that's just one of the examples someone showed is to be able to do that. Anyway, so yeah, he had, and so if you think about the the jar as the as the um, as the head, and then the brain is the tomato, and then the fluid inside, and as you shake that, it doesn't break, but it does rattle the brain. So anyway, that was what he had, and which made it even more problematic back in 1984 because. The only way they knew brain injuries was broken open, brain injuries, and pity. And then they classified them as kind of those lost cause. You know, they really did take the humanity out of the person in those days. In my, you know, in just kind of my world of experience. But, but I wasn't that kind of a wife. <laughs> Plus, we didn't really know. We were experiencing all the changes that we didn't understand. So we were, we were in utter chaos and perplexed, and he couldn't remember things. So it's like he didn't recognize that he was doing things. And then, then you know, you're going to... And then he was, like, fighting against the things that were happening before we understood it. He was fighting against it. So then, you know, he's fighting me tell me I can still do this. I'm still the man. I'm still the guy who can handle this. And so that was really rough. Um, it's so hard. So um, did your husband receive ongoing medical care for his condition? No. Um, they literally told us we don't have a treatment plan. We don't it is what it is. It's kind of like when you break a bone and you don't go and get it fixed and it just heals crooked. 
back then they didn't have treatments. They didn't know the, you know, the stuff with lights and they didn't know that balance. I mean, they, they understood balance, but they didn't understand these little nuances about processing, mental processing and how you transition thoughts and they could test him for things, but they didn't have a treatment plan for him. So that was really something that was super difficult when we found out. Um, uh, I might get emotional. But when we found out, we they didn't even know what to call it. So they were calling it something else, which was not real because he didn't have all the, the signs of that, what they were calling it. But Basically, they what they did is tested him in a gajillion tests, right? A lot of testing. And and just for the sake, it's not really a gajillion, but it's my, my point is it's a lot of testing. And I remember us um, when the gal, her name's Catherine, when she gave us his diagnosis on his abilities, she didn't know what to call it, but she said, well, this is what his tests show. He can do this, he can't do this, he's processes like this, it doesn't process like this, and here's all the changes. And I remember I held it together in the office and I put my arms around him. And then he was taken back because he was a man and that just wasn't possible. And we went to the car And I just cried, just cried for him, for us, for what it sucked out of his life. It was very sad, very sad day for us. And that's something that kind of is burned in my memory. And when you have no, um, ongoing medical care, medical support. There wasn't any support groups for that. They had information groups, no support groups. And you're just kind of left on your own. So you throw all that into a big vat and mix it up with a, you know, a high velocity mixer. And that was life for us. So um, I'm so grateful that I learned what I've learned. I understand what I've understood. I've been able to apply things, change things, uh, and sort through it. And so anyway, I will answer more questions on the next episode. If you ever have a question, just ask.